With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Loading Erica's podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Live from New York City, it's the Erica Finn Show. And your host who gets up close and personal with celebrities from the stage and beyond, Erica Finn. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show. We have a great show for you today. Today's guest, at the young age of six, appeared on the hugely popular (laughs) Star Search. He then went on to attend Princeton University and the Atlantic Theater Conservatory, which led him to some off-Broadway roles and an offer to take over the lead role of Frankie Valli in Jersey Boys on Broadway. He is currently playing the role of Barry Mann in Beautiful, the Carole King musical, for which he received a Tony Award nomination. Let's welcome Jared Spector to the show. Hi, Jared. Hey, hi, Erica. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm all right, thank you. I appreciate the inf- the uh, the intro, including Star Search. Naturally, my uh, I, I could the, how the, could the, I leave that out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but just since that's like from my era too, and I grew up watching that, and I saw that, I was like, oh my god! So of course, I googled it, and I see you in the white suit with those dance moves, <laughs> singing Splish Splash. <laughs> yeah, that was my uh, was my father's choreography, and he is not a choreographer, <laughs> which I, I imagine isn't surprising now that you've seen it. <laughs> I think you might have been the most adorable six-year-old I've ever seen, though. I mean, it was uh, just, it was so cute. <laughs> thank you. It's important for people of my generation and younger kids to know that that star search is the Ed McMahon star search, not the Arsenio Hall star search. Right, Because right. <laughs> remember, when American Idol <laughs> no, I watched... big, suddenly star search came back out. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I watched the Ed McMahon one. I mean, yeah. um I mean, I, I vividly remember being a kid watching that, and I probably saw you. You know, I probably saw you back in the day on that. Did any opportunities come as a result of that show back then? Um, well, you know, Ed McMahon was also the um, like the I don't know, co-host or like the assistant host on the Jerry Lew- uh, the Jerry Lewis Telethon. So um, they definitely that definitely worked out, and I ended up singing on the Jerry Lewis Telethon uh, for a couple of years in a row, and. The show was so big at the time that it did give me some exposure. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much it helps. We did we did some touring and, and things with the show. I mean, the show had sort of a publicity tour of you know, that went all over the country that I sort of had some uh, for conventions and things like that. And I can, I can remember that. But the next big thing I did was Les Miserables, but I, that really wasn't a result of Star Search. Right, you were Gavroche and Les Miserables. That must have been yeah, cool. and that, Yeah, that was, I mean, you know, when you're a kid and – uh, you know, I didn't know what was I didn't know what was up and down. I just knew that I got to you know dress in rags and run around with a gun and get shot and die. <laughs> and the makeup was you know lighting a cork on fire and then rubbing it on your face. I mean, you know that, that was to me, that was, awesome. <laughs> was singing your first love as a child, or was or was it acting was. in there too? Like what? Mm-hmm. I, 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 singing was definitely singing is the thing that I can remember feeling. You know. Um, sort of inspired to do uh, the most. So acting, I feel like, came because of, you know, became as a result of being a singer. But 
if when you're, you know, taking singing lessons at two and a half years old, which is which is the case for me, I don't necessarily know that you <laughs> make that conscious choice. And I wasn't, I didn't say, Mom, Dad, take me to some voice lessons because I feel like I've got a thing here. It just, I, I used to sing along with the radio commercials in the car and memorize things. My mom noticed that I could pick up a tune and, and then she would, she taught me it a song which I think was either Sunny Side of the Street or Me and My Shadow, one of those, and we sang for my dad, and they, they sort of figured out that I could carry a tune. So though I can't remember it, I guess, you know, singing had to be my first love because I could I could sort of naturally do it. Other than Les Mis, which you were in, of course, what was the first Broadway show you ever went to see? That was the first Broadway show I went to see. Uh, they, they actually, it was the night that they cast me in it, um, I was for the first national tour, which is coming to my hometown of Philadelphia. Um, but the callbacks were in New York, and uh, we went in, and I'll never forget. There was a whole room full of kids, and I was the first one in, and uh, I did my thing. And then they brought my parents in, and they said, "Okay, Jared has the role. Um, here are three tickets. Go see the show tonight, but please don't celebrate on the way out because we don't want all the other kids to know that the role's already been cast." And uh, I remember uh-huh. that now. Every time I audition for anything. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. entirely possible the person before you has already got the role. Uh, and then that night was, you know, was Les Mis, was the very first show that I saw. And then another early show that I can remember seeing was Phantom of the Opera, but I think I saw that after Les Mis. As a kid, I mean, you know, go, I, we talk a lot in the show about, like, you know, auditions and dealing with rejection. And as an actor, it's, you have to just get used to it and have develop a tough skin. I mean, as a kid, yeah. I would think it would be even harder, you know, it must be even yeah. harder. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely trying. It really is. I mean, I, I know it did a number on my psyche as a kid because you don't figure out, I, I didn't anyway. I mean, some kids may be better than others, but I didn't figure out early enough that it's not personal, uh, you know, that, that how arbitrary casting can be if the kid looks too much like the casting director's ex-wife's Steps, oh, you know what I mean? Then, then, then they don't get cast. Or you know what I mean? It's like there's there's so many things to go into it. I mean, you know, above and beyond talent. And so I didn't figure that out early enough. So I think I did take it on a little, a little too much. And then, so by the time I was 15, I, I burned out and I, I couldn't audition anymore. I just didn't want to deal with the rejection. I had been in this sitcom pilot for NBC that didn't get picked up. And despite the fact that. Um, it had nothing to do with me not getting picked up. Of course, I took that on personally as well, and I sort of said to my parents, I, I've been doing this my whole life, and I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, and that's how I ended up going to Princeton, which you wouldn't mention. What did you study at Princeton? Economics and finance and uh, Chinese, believe it or not. Oh, wow. So, so you were going to do yeah. a whole 180. You were going to go oh, into, yeah, like, no, finance in be, New York? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was going to be an entirely different person. And two years of that, uh, gave me, you know, literally gave me a nervous breakdown. And <laughs> so to leave school and come home. I can and relate. Start, and again, recalibrate because I just was pretending to be this other person. I mean, whether from nature or nurture, I had been raised to be a performer. And I, despite the fact that maybe, you know, for a little while anyway, my, my brain could handle doing this other thing, uh, staring down the barrel of being an investment banker or something like that, it just didn't, that just doesn't jive with who I am on a day-to-day basis anyway. So I had to leave and I went to, uh, I, I, I sang for a wedding in Bar Mitzvah band for a year at home and then ended up moving to New York with some friends and taking some classes and sort of getting back into it and eventually found myself at the Atlantic Theater Company. So I did two and a half years of, you know, serious conservatory acting and that, that helped 
to uh, to help me land real roles. And I, you know, I knew I couldn't just be a singer if I wanted to do this right. Now you, of course, you're in beautiful right now. Um, I've yeah. seen the show. You're, the show is wonderful. You're absolutely wonderful in it. Were you, you familiar with any of the music before you landed the role? Definitely. Um, I mean, sir, I, I didn't necessarily associate Carol King with every one of the songs that Carol and Jerry Goffin wrote. Uh, you know, to me, Up on the Roof is a James Taylor song, and a Natural Woman is an Aretha Franklin. You know what I mean? I, I sort of associated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those songs with, with the people who I knew uh, to have sung them. Um, and even the Barry Man and Cynthia Weil sound, uh, songbook, of course, I knew almost all of the songs on Broadway, and uh, You've Lost That Love and Feeling. Of course, I knew all of these tunes. Uh, I just didn't necessarily know who wrote them. And that's one of the great joys of the show. I think even for fans of Carol, if you know Tapestry, you don't know that she also wrote The Locomotion and, uh, you know, and all these songs that came before that, that you know, that the show, uh, the show shows us. What was your, you know, in preparing for the role, it's interesting because you, you took on like two roles um, that are people that are still living, you know, as opposed to like a fictional character. Um, is it a different kind of, is it a different kind of preparation when you have, I mean, did you, with Frankie Valley, did you speak to him? Did you speak to Barry? Did that inform you on how to prepare for the role? It is a different kind of pressure uh, to, to play someone who's, currently alive. I mean, I think it's an absolute gift to have real live footage of someone you're playing so that you can, you know, can, you can inform your decisions. Uh, when you're playing a fictional character, you know, you have, all you have to go on is the author's intent, you know, with the author's words and your director. Um, in this case, there's so much footage of, especially of Frankie, you know what I mean? You know, there's just endless, and endless stuff, interviews and, and singing and, and all of that. And so you have something. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a curse uh, because people know him so well that you you know you do have to you do have to honor him. But that's also why the sh- the, you know there's a show about him because the guy's unbelievable. So if you don't you know do him justice, if you don't do it properly, then you know you're not really doing the job. So um, it, I think it's a I think it's a it's a real boon to be able to go online and and, and look at the person you're playing so that it helps to inform your choices. Um, I think. Most actors would say you don't want to do an imitation of the person, even when you're playing a real life person. But you have to, you have to throw some of the colors of that guy in, whether it's his voice or his, you know, physical stylings. Um, you know, it, for for Barry, it's his sense of humor and the way he delivers, um, you know, uh, lines, which I learned from spending time with him. Uh, in both cases, I started with, you know, I started by doing the sort of actor thing, which is analyzing the script and really using the words on the page. And letting that inform what you know, my choices, and then of course working with uh, my directors uh, for the, for each of the shows, and then layering in uh, everything I could find um, from you know online and, and experiences with the guys of, of learning who they were and helping you know having those those little bits of information here and there help to inform the characters. Uh, you know, for Frankie, it's you know you, you spend time with him and you realize he's he's darker than you think he's going to be. He's a little sadder than you think he's going to be. Uh, whether he's sad inside or not, there's, there's a sort of um, somber nature to him, or at least, you know, in, to my eye. When I spend time with him, despite the fact that he's this rock star, you know, there's there's something, and, and that's present in the show. If, you know, you go see Jersey Boys, you know, one of the last lines of the show is, I'm still out there, you know, trying to get home. I think, I think that's still true. Um, and, you know, and for Barry, spending time with him, he's just so damn funny. Uh, and so sweet, and and he's self-effacing, and you know, and of course the show makes him out to be a hypochondriac, and he is, 
But then you spend time with him, you realize he doesn't know that he's a hypochondriac. He didn't know before. It's it's not put on. It's not uh, it's you know it's it's not a facade. It, this is really who he is. He really is very concerned with every little bit uh, of his health, and there's something really sweet about that. It means he's he's honest and genuine, and you know you pick up little things like that uh, that that helps to inform the character. Now, was Carol involved? How involved was Carol in the whole process? Like, was she involved in the casting at all? Was she you know at what point did she kind of come in? Um, in terms of, I know you, you started this, took on this role at the very beginning. You originated this role. Yeah, I, I did. I did the last reading before the show went to production, and the first part of the production was in San Francisco before we came to New York. Um, we were told early on that Carol wouldn't really be around. That she, of course, uh, was reading drafts of the script, and 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 her daughter uh, Sherry Condor, who is also her manager, was going to be the more hands-on. Um, party from you know from from Carol's camp. So each of the four authors uh, have some influence on the scripts and on casting, and you know they obviously have some say because it's their it's their lives that are being represented on stage. So Barry and Cynthia were at the reading and they were present. Uh, they they were in San Francisco when we were there, and they, they've been around a bunch, and they are just the best. Um, Jerry uh, Jerry Jerry and his manager um, were around some, and then Carol, of course. Uh, wasn't around very much, and we were told that she wasn't going to be around, uh, which was fine. And, and we understood that you know it's a it's a vulnerable thing to watch your life unfold on stage, especially some of the story points are you know are, I'm sure are difficult to watch divorce and and, and you know ha- and being cheated on and affairs and you know I can I can imagine we can, we all yeah. understood how difficult that could be. Yeah, and, um, and I think she and, even went on publicly and said that she you know wasn't attending opening night because of that because it was too yeah. painful for her. Yeah. Yeah, and and we and she's you know you can tell by her lyrics you know she is a very true vulnerable emotional woman and um and and you know I think we all just well eventually I'll, I'll say, and then she eventually did come so she came to the very first day of rehearsal back in New York so we'd already done the show in San Francisco for a month and a half and we had a week off and then we came back to New York and she surprised us all by showing up at rehearsal that morning and. She's everything that you want her to be. I mean, she really is. You know, she's just real. She's just this real person, and she's just a light. She walks in the room, and, and she lights up the room, and she's just wonderful. And she explained to us why she didn't want to come and why she, you know, why she couldn't be there before, but that, she, that we absolutely had her support. And she'd spent time with every single cast member, um, from Jesse Mueller, who played Carol, all, you know, on down. Uh, and, and we asked her questions, and she was just, she just couldn't have been more generous and lovely. And so we sort of thought that was it, you know, that, you know, it was this great, it was this great meeting. We thought that was it. And then the show opened a couple weeks later uh, in November. And then, you know, we opened uh, for press in January and in April, she surprised us again and, uh, and, and came to the actual show. And that was of course a big shock. I mean, I was in the middle of giving the Broadway cares like we fights AIDS speech uh, after the, after the performance. And then there's this big gasp from the crowd and the, and, I didn't know what was going on. I look over and there's Carol walking out on stage, uh, you know, with oh, a wow. microphone in her hand. And, <laughs> you know, she sort of just took over. And then eventually we all sang, You've Got a Friend. It was this amazing, oh. it was an amazing night. And she's, Yeah, that would have been uh, incredible to be at that night. Oh, yeah. You can find that online, too. There's uh, there's definitely YouTube clips of Carol coming to coming to Beautiful for the first time. And she was just, you know, she's just wonderful. She really is. 
I really feel like I feel like a very deep affection for her. She called me the morning of the Tony nominations. I mean, you get the, I got a I got a blocked call and then I answered the phone and it's Jared, it's Carol King, and you're like, oh my god, I'm getting phone calls from Carol King. <laughs> it was surreal life, you know. Yeah, that's right. You were nominated for Tony Award. Very deserving. Um, oh, thank you. That must have been an exciting moment. Yeah, a, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, we all, <laughs> I think every actor, they, I mean, you don't do this for the awards, and you really, I really don't, I really mean it, but it's it's very nice to be, uh, you'd be lying, I'd be lying if I didn't say it's very nice to be recognized in that way, or to have that moment, um, to, to be able to say, wow, I'm really, I'm really a, a part of this community in a way that maybe I never thought that I could be or would be, uh, and I think, you know, we went into this show, I didn't know what it was going to be, and it turned out to be this incredible experience. And I'll never forget that morning, you know, I'm sitting here with my uh, with my uh, wife. Actually, it was just fiancé at the time. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I'll, I'll, I can't even remember what uh, what kind of profanity came out of my mouth when, when the name was announced and I had sort of hopped around the room. And it was uh, <laughs> a, very, a very strange and wonderful and confusing <laughs> moment and then month and a half after that as we went through the whole process of award season and, uh, you know, we do all these events and it was really the best part of it is, com- is connecting with community. I mean, I was nominated with uh, Danny Burstein, you know, I-, I mean, like it doesn't really get any better than that, you know, getting getting to spend time with somebody like that and, you know, having him say, hey, man, we're, we're linked for life now. We're nominated against each other. I mean, the, the nomination is whatever. It's just having that experience of being able to, you know, be with these people and feeling for a little while at least like you're part of this fraternity. And also, it just has to be validating. I mean, we were just talking at the beginning about, you know, auditions and rejection, and it's like something every actor has to go through, and you face that so much to finally get that recognition, that outward recognition. Um, I just think it's, it's, you know, not that you're that's the only thing you're looking for, but it's it's got to just be really validating to get that, it, you it, know, nomination. It is. I mean, I you know, you hear stories about, you know, that there's, there's some how how nominations come about. I mean, you know, I think I think the Tonys. Uh, do their absolute very best. I mean, you can sort of read about the process of the nominating committee and the voters. I mean, I think they, you know, they do their best to keep it all on the level, but there's still some, you know, you have producers of one show voting for probably their own show and directors who are directing a show at the time uh, voting for their own show. So there's, there's some amount of, of, I, I don't know. It's just sort of an odd process, you know, that we're all, and the, the idea of competitive art, I, I still sort of, find a little bit strange. I mean, and that's, I, I don't mean to be sacrilegious on the week of the Tonys because I think, you know, it's incredible that we have this celebration, this national stage celebration of New York theater. It's, it's really amazing. Um, but it, it is a, there's a little bit of an oddity to it, uh, at least for me. Uh, and I will say that now having been nominated, it, it, it was wonderful in that moment to have the validation. And yet I still audition for everything. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it doesn't, for me, at least, it didn't change my life. And then suddenly, okay, I was validated for this one thing, and now I just get roles handed to me all the time. It, it, uh, you still are an actor, uh, and it's 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 a hard it's a it's a, it's a hard life. And I say that with with absolute gratitude for the opportunities that I've had. Um, but it's you know it's still it's still a hard thing, and you have to go and deal with the rejection on the next uh, you know however many auditions you go into before you hit your next role. You mentioned your wife. That's Kelly yeah. Barrett. Um, you yeah. go, you guys are just so adorable on social media. Really cute <laughs> oh, couple, <laughs> and I just adore her. I um, you know I saw I saw her twice in Doctor Zhivago. Oh wow! And I oh, just that's great. Hey, you got in there. I quick. did. 
I really loved it. We I had Lucy Simon on the show. I mean, I'm beyond excited that they're um, going to do the album or that they did the album um, the other yep. day. Um, so excited for that for her. Um, how did you guys meet? We met doing uh, a show, believe it or not. Uh, we, we did a, a series of readings over several years for a show that ended up going off Broadway. Um, we, we, we weren't in it by the time it went to production, but we met doing this show and, uh, and playing husband and wife. And the end of the first week, we did a one-week reading the very first time, and I was in love with her by the end of it. And uh, But then, I've, I, of course, I just chalked it up to, well, I, you know, I die in her arms, and it's this sort of artificial <laughs> intensity brought about by having to you know, be thrown into this thing for a week. So I'm sure that's all that it is. And then I've stalked her on social media for seven months before we did the show again, this time for two weeks. And by the end of it, um, we were texting every day and became close friends. And that was sort of the end of it for me. I mean, you know, I just was in love with her. We eventually went up to uh, Vassar College and did the show up there. For you know, they they do that, that powerhouse program. New York Stage and Film does a, you know does this program up at Vassar, and it's this great opportunity for new shows to sort of have an incubator project. And so we had uh, you know three full weeks up there of doing a, of doing eventually doing you know an almost real realized production, and that you know that's sort of how we ended up getting together. And it's. Uh, it's uh, it's a very special experience, you know, falling in love with your co-star, and you know, then of course it's it's a it's a, a challenge after that, to, you know, to know that you fell in love with her and she fell in love with you during doing this thing, and now we're going to go off and do these other shows, and we're never going to fall in love with anybody else again. So you know, it's 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 an interesting life. <laughs> and how did you propose? We've been together for two years. And uh, our two-year anniversary was coming, and I knew that I wanted to marry her. I knew I wanted to marry her from the day we got together, but, uh, you know, it, it took a it, it, We didn't want to rush anything. There was no reason to. And on our two-year anniversary, we were, we were going to, uh, to a restaurant, and I, I, we, had, we had looked at rings, you know, just sort of in the, oh, let's just look at, just, just for fun, you know. <laughs> like, no, 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 no problems, no pressure. And what size are so you again? <laughs> exactly, right. She, she wakes up in the middle of the night with me measuring her finger with our string. <laughs> but, we, we, you know, we, we, looked at, we had looked at rings for a while uh, and then stopped. And, you know, so four, five, six months had gone by since we had looked at anything. And, uh, and it was our two-year anniversary, and I had finally because I, I knew what she wanted. It took me a while to have it made and back and forth with the designer and finally had a wax mold of the ring. Cause I didn't want to, Kelly is, Kelly is brilliant and, uh, and particular and she's so super creative. And I, I promised her that I would never propose to her with a finished product of a ring that I would always allow her to make final touches on something that she has to wear every day. So I, I got it. I got it almost exact. What, what I thought that she wanted, and I had a wax mold made, which, guys, go get a wax mold made of a ring. It's a really cool thing. Because then she can actually put it on and see it and say, actually, I want this and this. So, uh, I, And I proposed on a New York Street corner, actually. I, I hired a bass player and a saxophone player to play our our song uh, as we walked by into the restaurant. And, uh, you know, she thought they were street performers, but they were actually <laughs> hired. <Aww. laughs> and, uh, and by the time she put money in the thing and turned around, I was on a knee. And so we actually got engaged on a New York street with, you know, a, a crowd sort of building on each side of us as, you know, as people, as, as people were walking by, but the doormen from the built from the restaurant knew what was up. So they were holding back the foot traffic. So by the time it was over there, actually, when she said yes, and I said, I guess there was applause on the street, which, you know, very, uh, it was, it was a really cool New York moment. That is cool. What restaurant did you go to? 
Del Posto. Oh, yeah. Love that. Oh, that's a very yeah. romantic restaurant. <laughs> you did it right. You did good. You did good. And I've actually never heard of this whole wax ring thing, but I am... I'm going to definitely tell everyone about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I think that's the way to do it. You know, because it's hard. You, 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 rings aren't cheap, and then once you have them made, if you have them cast in metal, then it's done. But if you have the, the wax made, then you can really see and feel it and then make final touches. Is it, is it hard? I mean, you know, obviously you and Kelly are in the same field. Is it hard being in the same field as your wife? Like, do you find yourself competitive with one another? Like, I would think a little of that would just be natural. Um, I think that for us, I, mean, I can imagine where some people, I've definitely heard people say, I'll never date another actor. I, I can't imagine not being with a fellow artist. I, I am, my schedule is nuts. I am insane. I'm moody. Um, the things that I need to do, you know, to maintain my voice, my piano playing, you know, whatever it is, I can't imagine someone who doesn't do what I do putting up with me. And vice versa. Newman and Kelly is particular, but I understand all of her crazy because, I'm right there, you know, in, in, in there with it. And when she has to, if she's going in for a show or she's in a show, or, you know, this whole experience with the, you know, this is the opening and closing of Dr. Zhivago, uh, you know, I'm, I'm right there with her and I understand. And so I, I can't imagine not being with, you know, with someone who's exactly like her. And I find it to be incredibly helpful to have her, to that she understands me, that I can talk to her about anything. And she's not just, a sympathetic ear, but she really can empathize because she's been through all of it at the, you know, and she goes through all of it at the same time. Um, and in terms of being competitive, I, I don't understand that. I, I, you know, it's not like Kelly and I will ever be up to the same role. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, it's, I, I, maybe if, you know, if, if, you know, two, two guys who are together who are the same size, exact same size and shape and go in for all the same things, you know, two women who are together in the exact same size and shape and go in for all the same things. Okay. So maybe there's some competition there. Um, but for Kelly and I, you know, we'll never go in for the same things. And I, when she wins, I win, you know, I mean, when she gets to open a Broadway show, I mean, I am her biggest supporter. I'm the one in the audience crying and screaming like an idiot. And, you know, the, when the nominations for the Tonys came out last year, I mean, she, there was no one happier than she was. And so, you know, we, we made the conscious choice early on that we were going to allow the other's successes and joys be our own so that we're not in competition, that we just support each other. And uh, and so far, you know, so far so good. Yeah, it sounds like that is definitely the way to do it. You said you have some health um, rituals. How do you maintain your voice? What's your process? Yeah, I mean, I uh, it depends on how rigorous my sort of vocal schedule is. I mean, for playing Frankie Valley is different than playing Barry Mann. Uh, you know, I just, you know, when you play, when I play Frankie, Frankie in Jersey Boys, Frankie sings 27 songs a show in the very outskirts of your range. So my, uh, you know, what I, what I can drink or not drink, you know, in terms of alcohol, coffee, uh, you know, what time of night I can eat, how long I'd stay up uh, after eating before going to sleep. Um, you know, I don't wake up in the morning with acid reflux and, you know, making sure to stay in, you know, the proper physical health. Uh, or physical shape, you know, in terms of exercise, not too much exercise, you don't want to be burnt out, but, you know, enough exercise to keep your body healthy. And, uh, you know, it's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's, a, it's sort of a 24-hour full-time job. And my vocal warm-up uh, for Jersey Boys is, you know, 30, 35 minutes. And then my vocal warm-down was another 15 after that. And I sort of do the same uh, vocal warm-up for Beautiful, even though I don't sing uh, nearly as much in this show as I did in the other. I do have that one real big hard rock song, so my voice has to be quite warm for that. 
and I do a lot of concert work, so I just want to keep my voice in the, as, as good a shape as I can, as I can, no matter what. Uh, so, you know, I sort of use the show as an excuse to, you know, do a full warm up and warm down every day. But, you know, she sits next to me on the subway as I pull my tongue and do, you know, vocal exercises as quietly as I can. And people around me very politely don't look in my direction because they don't want to think they probably think I'm nuts. But, um, you know, that kind of thing Kelly puts up with. And, you know, we sort of don't think anything of it. Or, you know, if it, during, you know, rehearsals for Zhivago, you know, she gets up in the morning and I can hear her do vocal exercises, uh, you know, and, and, and she's a high soprano, you know, so she, she really gets up there. So that's something, that, you know, at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. It's just, you know, it's just the kind of stuff that we uh, that we put up with with one another. And, and you know, and I, I'm in full support. If she didn't do her vocal exercises, I would yell at her. Where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, I, um, the cynical side of me says I'll be wherever someone will hire me. You know, uh, I'm having now been, you know, been through what I've been through in the last year. You know, those are the, the highs of the last year and a half. I, I know how hard it is. You know, I, I, I see how hard it continues to be. And choosing what you get to do is not necessarily reality for most of us. I mean, outside, if you know, if you're Brad Pitt, I think, you know, you get some choice. But for most of us, it's, you know, it's it, hopefully what comes along is a great role that, you know, that fits my size and shape and and uh, and skill set just right. And, you know, and they hire me to, to, to be a part of it. Um, ideally, it would be wonderful to, you know, to be able to dabble in all mediums, film and TV and Broadway and, uh, and, and on Broadway, you know, in both musicals and straight plays. I mean, I, you know, I'm a conservatory trained actor, so I would love to do some of the Shakespeare, Chekhov, et cetera, that I, you know, that I studied in school and that, you know, that lives close to my heart. But the reality is that I'll take any job that is inspiring um, and, and, you know, continues to, to nurture my artistic side and also, you know, the reality of paying the bills. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I have a family, you know, Kelly and I are together. So those are the kinds of things that sometimes we have to think about, even though we don't necessarily always want to. You know, you'd like to be able to take the very low-paying regional production of whatever your favorite show is and do that role. But if it pays $400 a week and you're in Utah, then it's, you know, it's a choice you have to make when you have a family. Um, so I, I don't know. I, part of the wonderful thing about being an actor is not knowing what will be out there in five years, what exactly I'll be doing. And hopefully uh, I'll continue down the path that I'm on, that I've been on and, you know, continue to do fun shows on Broadway. I mean, that, you know, that, that would be, uh, that would, that would be an, an amazing thing. I have no doubt you have good things in store. No doubt. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so it's time, before we go, to play this game called 60 Seconds Speed Through. I'm going to rapid-fire some questions at you, and we have 60 seconds to get through them. Are you ready? Okay. Uh-huh. Th- three things you can't live without. Sorry? Three things you can't live without. Oh, um, coffee, wine, and my wife. If you had a betta fish, what would you name him? Bruce. Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Fallon. What's on your iPod? Um, the Beatles. One word that sums up your experience being in beautiful. Life changing. One thing you would like to tell your 15-year-old self. Chin up. If you were going to Barry Mans for dinner, what would you bring? Um, oh, Oh goodness! Um, uh, uh, oh God, that's hard. Uh, everything. Um, 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 black boots. One way you live life to the fullest. 
uh, oh, I'm supposed to, I know I'm supposed to be rapid fire. I'm so sorry. One way I live life to the fullest. Um, I, 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 um, I, I try not to let a day go by without, um, without reminding myself that um, my wife is my, is my real life and, and loving her as fully as I can because that's, that's really what matters. Oh, I love that. You're a sweetheart. All right, that's 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Did I, did I, did I, did I, did was the pausing? I'm sorry. It was hard. <laughs> no, no. You were good. Thoughtful answers. Thoughtful answers. Everyone go see Jared Spector and the rest of the talented cast in Beautiful, the Carol King musical, currently on Broadway. And you can also follow Jared. Uh, Jared, what's your Twitter account? It's Jared Spector. Perfect. So it's J-A-R-R-O-D Spector, yeah. Perfect. Thanks for tuning in to the Erica Finn Show. Uh, We look forward to seeing you all next week. You have been listening to the Erica Finn Show. We would love to hear from you. Contact the show with any guest requests or comments at theericafinshow at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.